Michael McDowell. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Man, so let's uh, let's go back Valentine's Day 2021, <laughs> a Valentine's Day unlike any other, the 34 roll down Victory Lane at the Daytona 500. What an incredible moment, huh? Yeah, it, it was uh, it was incredible. It's you know something that you know, you always dream of of winning races, and you know you you fight hard and you work hard, and you know it's I've been in this sport a long time, and and it kind of always held on to the hope that one day it'd happen, and um, you know it, it finally did, and and to win you know not just a race but the biggest race. Uh, you know there is for NASCAR the Daytona 500. It was yeah. is definitely a special moment. And first first race of the season, way to start things off, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's, so 100 to one odds is what I read in you winning that thing, and it came down to you, Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski. It was some tension at the end. They wrecked, but you had a strategy and it worked. Yeah, you you always go in with a plan and a strategy, and and very rarely does it you know play out exactly how how you anticipate it. But you got to have a plan. You got to know, you know what what situation that you're going to be in, decisions you're going to make. Because you know at at 200 miles an hour, it's hard to process that. So if you don't have a plan, you know it, it's hard to execute, and you can't just do it based off of gut. You got to have you know some planning going into it and. And so a lot of my, you know, planning was based off of things that, you know, I've learned in the past and things that I haven't done well, you know, where sure. y- you make the wrong move. And, um, you know, I've been in that position a couple times of running in the top five, coming to the white flag and ended up fourth or ended up fifth or ended up sixth. And, you know, what do I got to do to be in the right spot at the right time to, yeah. you know, to give myself the best opportunity? And, um, you know, I, it all played out and I was exactly where I thought I needed to be. And, um, you know, it just, uh, yeah, it, it, it literally worked out how I thought it could. Yeah, I'm amazed. You know, I, I didn't grow up watching NASCAR, but uh, probably the past 10 years I've really gotten into it. And uh, part of that was because I had... Uh, I have some friends down at, at Joe Gibbs Racing and uh, went through the shop one time and really learned that, man, this really is a sport. For those people that think you just jump in a car and drive like I used to, it's wrong. You guys you guys have to be fit. You have to, I mean, the strategy, it's, it's a tough thing. And uh, I have to talk about something, though. We talked about Valentine's Day, but I have to ask you about this. This is more of a personal thing for me, but uh, April 4th, 2008, it's probably another date that sticks in your mind the speed channel reported that you went from 185 miles an hour to zero in one foot that's what they said wow walk us through that because <laughs> i'm thinking after that horrific crash you you climbed out of your car and walked away and you're waving to the crowd what makes you get back into a car again when something like that happens that's unbelievable to me yeah i think you know the accident was spectacular and and like you said nothing short of miraculous to walk walk away from it yeah but i never thought about not getting back in it never crossed my mind i think that mm. and i and i'm not heroic or a superhero so i don't want to give the wrong impression but i think race car drivers you know assume the risk so to speak and and know you know what you're up against and it's just something that you've already faced or you know things that you've you've faced those fears your entire life. So it's, it's not, 
it's not something new, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think anytime you strap in a race car, you know, you're sitting on top of, you know, 20 gallons of race fuel, uh, uh, you know, doing 200 miles an hour, you know, but that bad things can happen. Um, and so you just kind of assume the risk. Um, and so that was never a challenge for me. It was never a challenge to, you know, to get back in. And, and I, I, I really don't think it's a challenge for most drivers. Um, just because you deal with that, that challenge all the time. Yeah. In my job, I, I risk paper cuts. So, uh, so <laughs> yeah. different. it is different. funny. It is funny because when I tell that people are like, no, no, it's not the same because <laughs> in my, my job, you can't die. Right. That's right. Um, but at the same time, knowing that, you know, that every day is a gift and that, yeah. that I don't, I don't get to choose when I die anyways. And, and I'm not testing, testing the Lord. <laughs> I'm not yeah. trying, oh, sure, trying sure, to yeah. do that. But at the same time, I know that, you know, God has a plan and a purpose for all of us, for all of our lives. And, yeah. um, and so, you know, worrying about that would just take me away from doing what God's called me to do. Yeah, that's right. And I want to talk about that. That's kind of the center of what I want to talk about. But you're, uh, I do want to, mention a couple other things here um your last race was at bristol but this time it was a dirt track <laughs> yeah i think i read it was like 50 years since they had a a dirt track race in nascar um but you placed 12 that's respectable uh do you want to see some more dirt tracks or not <laughs> you know i enjoyed it it was fun i mean it had some challenges uh, visibility was probably the biggest challenge oh sure um, yeah but I do feel like, you know, for our first time, it went off pretty well. And I think we all learned a lot from it. And, you know, if if I could go back to Bristol and do the dirt race and the visibility be really good, I think it would be, you know, a great show and really enjoyable. Um, but there was literally times where I didn't know where I was on the racetrack and didn't know yeah. where, where anybody else was either. It was pretty, yeah. pretty intense. Yeah. Fun to watch, too. Well, you're back. Uh, you're back at it this Saturday. Um, 500 laps at Martinsville, a little short track. Yeah. It's Which, a fun... What's your preference, short track or long track? You know, I, I enjoy the short tracks. I, I enjoy Martinsville and Bristol and Richmond. And, yeah. um, just because you're always busy, you know, and you're managing tires and brakes and there's just a lot going on. Um, and the racing's always very close. I mean, obviously you put 40 cars on a little tight half mile track and yeah. we're all going to be right on top of each other. So, you know, yeah. the racing's intense. And so there's never a dull moment where, you know, you're not battling hard. And, and so I enjoy those races. They've always been, you know, a lot of fun. They're not necessarily my strength, um, but I enjoy them a lot. So, you know, this year has uh, been a good year for us just in general with our race team and our race cars, just being more competitive and, and so, you know, being that I enjoy short track racing, I hope that that momentum and, and those results will come. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you talked a little bit about your faith, and that's really what I want to talk about. You have a beautiful family. Um, last year, you posted a family photo on Twitter, and I want to read what your caption was to that. It says, uh, a father's legacy is his children, no, not trophies promotions, fame, or wealth, our greatest mission and opportunity to impact the world starts in our homes by loving and investing in our children. It is the Father's God-given responsibility to train his children, Ephesians 6, 4. Talk to us about your faith and your family. I know that racing's important to you. I think you started like 
racing bikes at three uh, yeah. when when I was just considering what the heck a bike was. You were racing on them. Um, talk to me about what really is important to you. I know that your faith is a big part of that. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I've been racing since I was a kid, and you know that that is a part of my faith story because in racing it requires a couple things it requires everything right you have to give it everything you have i mean there's no you don't have any extra hobbies or extra things that you do this is what you do every week and every you know weekend and that's how it was for me growing up Um, but it's also extremely selfish to make it you have to be selfish i mean it's just part of it and so it's a challenge. It, it was a challenge for me. Um, and so then you, you know, you mix in my faith journey and, and our faith journey is all about dying to self and to, to love and serve uh, God and others and not serve self. Um, and so it's, it's been a difficult process to, to learn, you know, how to be competitive and how to still strive, you know, to to do, you know, be excellent at what you do, but to not be selfish and to love others and to love God. And um, and so, you know, God's been shaping and molding me, you know, for the past 15 years through that process. And, you know, with a lot of a lot of trials and highs and lows, just like you have in any profession or any life, um, sure. you know, but for me, you know, our life here on earth is just just a small fraction of what eternity is and eternity has already started i mean as a follower of christ we're we are already in eternity yeah, but that's right. our, our life here on earth is just so short and so you know having an eternal perspective is what allows you to say my my family and my children and them knowing the lord is more important than anything that i could ever do and and it's not that that i can i can you know make them become saved or or force them into a relationship but to love them well and to um to teach them um you know the ways of the lord and hopefully that leads them to a relationship that's our greatest legacy and when i just think about you know all the the chaos that we see in the world is it all starts in our homes you know like strong marriages create strong families and uh strong families create strong communities and strong communities create you know you know strong cities and strong cities make strong states and strong states make strong nations and nations make worlds and but for us our immediate circle you know our focus should be leading our families well and and that's hard to do in profession. That's hard to do in ministry too. You know, you see it in ministry, and and you know, I was guilty of this, of going and speaking and sharing my faith and Bible studies and men's studies and all these groups. I was doing all these things, but I wasn't really investing in my family. I wasn't investing in my wife and mm-hmm. my kids. I was loving the Lord, and I was doing, I was trying to be an example, but I was focused on all these different, you know, outreaches and ministries, and not just focused on. You know, just being faithful what God has already given me. Yeah. And and so for me, the last, you know, four or five years is that's kind of been my theme is is be faithful with what God's already called you to do. You don't have to find anything new to do. Just be faithful with what he's called you to do. And if you don't know what God's called you to do, 
you just open up your Bible. It's very simple. There's there's two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love others as the same. And so yeah. that that is our mission. We don't need a mission. That's our mission. Love God, love people. And yeah. you know, the people that we need to love first are the ones in our immediate circle. Boy, that's so good and you're so right on. I think, you know, we, we turn on, you know, the news and, and we see all the crazy stuff going on and and, and the division that we have, but I think it really starts there. And I think that we, we want to overlook that as, as a country. We're saying, you know, there's a better way. I've got a better way. But it's really leaning on the Lord and saying it starts at home. I love that. Yeah, for sure. Um, you've, you've got a lot of support from your wife, Jamie, too, I understand. Um, takes a lot, as you said. It's kind of a selfish thing. I never looked at it that way, but really, you have to be selfish in a lot of professions, including yours, where you just really have to focus. And it's, it takes a lot of your time. So to have uh, someone back at home that understands your mission and uh, supports the family and keeps things moving while you're gone has got to be a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like you said, it's it's that mentality of, of her joining in and being a part of what God has called us to do as a family. Yeah. And so, you know, if I'm just running around the country racing, chasing my dream, and that that's all it is, that's going to leave a, you know, a ripple effect in my home, right? Yeah. But if my wife knows that this is what God has called our family to do, this is where God has called us, then that changes the conversation. You know, that changes, you know, when you got to be home with the kids and you're doing homeschooling and I'm out practicing, uh, it's not it's not meaningless. There's, there's a reason why we're doing it. And there's a reason why, you know, she has the struggles that she has and that I do as well. And, and that we're in it together. And, um, and so, you know, having that perspective is, it's not easy to get to. It's taken us a lot of years to really understand our roles in that and how God is using us, you know, individually and collectively in those roles. But, um, you know, marriage is the greatest gift that God's ever given us, right? And, Amen. Um, you know, we actually, ironically enough, you know, these, I have a, a list of interviews set up for today, and and um, and I just, we just got done with a, a marriage Bible study with a few couples here. Actually, they're still meeting right next to us, and mm-hmm. we're, we're just talking about, you know, those foundational things. It's just strong marriages and strong family and, and what that, you know, what that looks like, and um, but yeah, it's you know, it's it's when God said that uh, he was going to make a helper suitable for man. Like, that is God's provision for your life. And, and yeah, it's, it's uh, easily looked over and minimized, you know, nowadays. Yeah, for sure. Um, man, I've got so many questions I want to ask you. In fact, I, I've recently learned that uh, another chord that struck in my life is you guys adopted from China and uh, I have a daughter who's graduating high school this year who we adopted from China as well so I would love to have you back Michael and uh, also invite your wife Jamie to to talk to us sometime about your family and that adoption process but uh, we know you got to go you got more interviews and you're going to head off to Martinsville we wish you the very best this weekend and through the season Uh, you're going strong until Thanksgiving so uh, I'll be praying (laughs) for you guys well, thank you very much, and let us know. Reach out. We'll uh, we'll reconnect, and we can share some of those stories for sure. That'd be great. Thank you, Michael. Thanks. Well, that was fun. I've often wondered if NASCAR drivers have a difficult time driving the speed limit after practicing and racing at speeds of 
200 miles an hour. Congratulations to Michael McDowell and the Front Row Motorsports team for their big Daytona 500 win back in February. If you've never been to a NASCAR race, man, you are missing out. Definitely want to check that out. I appreciate Michael taking some time with us before heading off to Martinsville Speedway for his race this weekend. Now, this episode will actually be released the day after that Saturday night race, but as of this recording, I look forward to watching it and wish the 34 team all the best. You know, Michael shared that his career makes it a challenge to balance his work life with his family life, but he's learned the importance of spending time with his kids and his wife, which are his priorities. He referenced Ephesians 6.4 in his tweet last year that I mentioned, and it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Really great words to live by. Dads, our kids are watching us. They model our behavior, whether we like it or not, and whether it's good or bad. What's important to you now will be forever remembered by your children. So I challenge all of us to closely model Christ in all we do, because in doing so, our children will follow suit. Well, we may need to wait until the race season is over, but we're going to try and get Michael and his wife, Jamie, back on the show to talk about their family and their adoption experience. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss that and other exciting episodes. Hey, thanks for joining us. And remember, if your life is grounded in Jesus, even in the darkest times, there is hope. <laughs>